Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Black and Animated Podcast. Today, we got another interview episode. We had a great chat with animator, illustrator, director, storyboard artist, and teacher, Leonard Robinson. But first, I got a couple of things I want to remind you guys about. First, I want to remind you all of our Facebook group. If you have a Facebook account, which don't pretend that you don't have, you can find us by searching Black and Animated and clicking to join the group. And I also want to remind you all that we take listener asked questions to bring up with our interviewees. Just tweet at Black and Animated or email us at blackandanimated at gmail.com and we will ask your question on the show. And don't be afraid of having a really weird question because if you listen to the Brittany Lewis episode, you you might be able to tell that no question is too weird to ask. <laughs> so without further ado, I now present to you the big daddy of love, Leonard Robinson. This is the Black and Animated Podcast. Um, we're... <laughs> <laughs> what is what? this? What is this? <laughs> Wait, hold on. I thought it was a different podcast. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the Black and Animated Podcast. Um, it's uh, Way and Bree. And Bree, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we're here with a very special guest today. Who? Who is this man? Who, yeah, um, why don't you introduce yourself to this uh, microphone? <laughs> Hello, I'm Leonard Robinson. They call me the Big Daddy of Love, or somebody calls me the Big Daddy of Love, <laughs> I don't remember who. Um, yes, I'm a black animator, been in the animation business now for 37 years, actually. Just, 37, uh, whoa! Just recently, yeah. I started here in 1976, mm-hmm. and uh, my first project was uh, The Lord of the Rings, I uh, worked with Ralph Bakshi. It was the first time I'd ever worked on an animated film before. I'm originally from Atlanta, Georgia. And at the time, I was an illustration major. I thought that I would be doing children's books. And I ended up uh, meeting Ralph after he had done the Wizards uh, movie. Mm-hmm. He was scouting around. Or, well, he actually wasn't scouting. I think he was trying to promote his film a little bit more. And a friend of mine mentioned that he was going to be in town, and I thought, wow, this is great, an opportunity to meet a, a producer. You know, when would I ever have that opportunity again? Yeah. So I thought, great, I'll bring my portfolio. Maybe he can tell me what I need to do, you know, how I might, you know, what would help me to, to learn how to get into this business or what do I need to do to improve myself, all that kind of stuff. And um, I was lucky enough to get to talk to him, uh, and he saw my work and just hired me on the spot. Uh, shocked me i was literally like a semester away from graduating (laughs) and he flew me out here to california started my career as an animator Uh, i was 21 and uh, it was just it was just it was great 
Did you ever, did you finish school or did you just? No. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. Yeah, Ralph talked me out of it. I remember because I I was really concerned about it. I wanted to finish and Mm -hmm. I was that close and I could see the finish line. Mm -hmm. And I remember him going like, well, what do do you want to do? What what do you want to like go back to school? (laughs) What's what's the matter with you? You know, it's like you're you're doing what you want. And so now you want to go back to school? And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I I was going to be, you know, a a comic book illustrator or maybe do children's book. And you don't want to be an animator. Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> and it was just like, Ralph is from Brooklyn. You know, he's, he's, so he's that street guy. Mm-hmm. He's real honest and everything. And I kind of realized, I thought for a minute, it's like, yeah, you know, he's right. I'm doing what I want. This, uh-huh. is, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to come out to California. I wanted to work, uh, you know, doing in-betweens or whatever I could do. Mm-hmm. So it was a godsend. You know, I was, yeah. I was very, very fortunate and blessed to come out. And, uh, you know, I owe Ralph a great debt. It was really nice of him to, to give me a chance, give me my starting chance. Yeah. So, yeah, well, that was how I, how I got out into the animation business. Yeah, and I know, like, sometimes um, uh, family, uh, when it comes to family, they like to see, like, people, like, graduate from school, you know, get that degree because it's, like, very important for, like, oh, we're, we're black. We need to show that we were educated. We got the degree and things like that. And I think that leads me into like asking, like, how uh, did your family take you wanting to go into the arts? Like, what would what were their, I guess, interests in your art? Mm. Well, I think well, they were very encouraging. Let me just mm. say it right mm-hmm. off the bat, it wasn't like it wasn't the thing of they just immediately wanted to discourage me and you mm. know say get a real job. It was more like you know, drawing. That's not <laughs> real. Uh-huh. So what, are, what are you crazy? You, you know? can't make money in that. It's like get into insurance, you know, <laughs> something like that. And uh, no, but I mean, they were very, very encouraging from the very beginning. I mean, they had been encouraging me to be an artist when I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. So by the time I got to be an adult, they, yeah, I think they, they were definitely on board, you know. But I don't think they really saw it as a career right off the bat. Oh, like just a hobby or something? Yeah. <laughs> you can do your you do your drawings on the side and then maybe like, I don't know, go work at a desk job or something. Yeah. Well or teach. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean when I was in when I was going to Georgia State and to get my BFA, um, you know, I think they, they were thinking that I was gonna be a, maybe a teacher, you know, art teacher in, okay. even in school. And then even in that school. Um, and I can't say that it was didn't cross my mind. Um, though that's just not what I wanted to do, you know, mm-hmm. and even though I'm a teacher now, I was like, I didn't realize then that I would be a teacher today and I'm very happy that I am. It's a great, great profession to be in. But, uh, yeah, they were very, uh, encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think that they, they did have that on the, in the back of their minds. When I got this opportunity to come out, it was a big surprise to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think my mom was too keen on me moving away. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm the firstborn, and she's mm-hmm. quite protective. I said, well, don't worry, Mom, I'll be okay. And I had one uh, relative that lived in San Francisco, so that was the only close relative I had for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were, you know, the parents were pretty cool. And, you know, once they saw I was doing well, it was very, very uh, supportive. always? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, you're, you're surviving. Yeah, okay, you're I guess okay. this, is, <laughs> this is all right, I guess. Yeah, it was pretty cool. <laughs> they, they were, they were on, on, you know, on board. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that helped a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I think my mom wanted me to come visit more. Yeah. You know, back then, you know, I, I did, I made at least one trip a year. What was the first kind of role that you had mm. when you first started out? 
Hmm. Uh, Ralph just dropped me right on my head and said, "You can animate, you know." And and oh, wow. uh, which I'm like, "Oh man!" And I Whoa. wasn't sure how about you, that. How did you do? It? Uh, I, <laughs> I didn't. I, I, I just fell on my face. Is what I did. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, he was doing. He dropped a, you in the pool, like swim, just do it. Yeah, that's, wow. that's what it was. That, it was that almost, is incredible. It was crazy. I, they were um, actually. He didn't. He, the very first thing I ever had to animate. Okay, this mm. is. This is not common knowledge, so I'm glad you're getting it mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, on your tape. Um, was he gave me a scene out of I think it was it was hey good I think it was hey good looking, yeah I think it was hey good looking it was wow. a scene and yeah it's just it was a scene and it was <laughs> clearly obvious that, that Ralph was doing this on purpose. He had me animate these uh, guys in an alleyway, a mm-hmm. uh, bunch of black guys standing around, and this white guy walks down. He's one of the main characters, mm-hmm. and the black guys are giving him trouble, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I guess he figured, oh, well, well you know how to do that, don't you? Right? <laughs> <laughs> black guy, right? Jeez. Wow. <laughs> Which I, I, I thought, like, oh, that's cool. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. it's like, I, I love Ralph. It's just, he's so straightforward. <laughs> it's like, you know, you can't get mad at somebody like that because you know that that's how they really are, you know. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the first thing they'd ever got to animate. And of wow. course, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So I just struggled through it. Uh, I had people there who actually kind of helped me out a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember if I even finished the darn thing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I, think, I think he switched me over to rings right away. And I ended up working on, on Lord of the Rings, right? Because Lord of the Rings, at the beginning, uh, it was going to be all hand-drawn. Well, it was going to be animation. But as you know, if you've seen it, it's a rotoscope film. You know, mm-hmm. they shot everything live. And we traced it. And um, so I got put onto Aragorn, who was my favorite character, actually. Oh, cool. Wow. So that yeah, was cool. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I just, they, he just dropped me right in. And once I got into doing the, 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 the tracing and drawing and everything... And I was kind of in my element. I think it was because I had something to help me. You know, it's like mm-hmm. I wasn't totally relying on my ability to act my way through something. You know, yeah. It's kind of, and it also was good because it helped me to learn something about movement because mm-hmm. right. I kind of already knew it, but seeing it was good. You know, working on something that over live action helped me to get a sense of timing and you know all that stuff. So it was it was actually quite educational. Yeah, it's really cool to hear about like um, that part of Ralph Bakshi's process too because like I know like he like can be very I guess eclectic <laughs> in like the way he animates things like there's so many different like experimentations like oh sometimes there's just like footage that's just like uh, like put onto the screen and you're just like oh, this isn't an what's happening right now like, all these random things are just on yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like guerrilla filmmaking you know? yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It's like, you know, that's what I appreciate about Ralph is that nothing stops him you know mm-hmm. he, he's gonna figure a way around the problem to, to solve whatever the problem is mm-hmm. and he's very resourceful that way and that's one of the things I picked up from him uh, and you know and his films made money you know that was the other thing you know, people can say what they want but his films made money because he kept the cost down, mm-hmm. and he just knew how to to, to get uh, get the job done. He get the job done, you know. And were you on uh, most of his films, or did you kind of transition over to working on uh, different animated products after working with uh, after working with him? Well, let's see. I worked on Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. and I worked on uh, a little bit of Hey Good Looking, as I mentioned before, just that one scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked on American Pop. And Fire and Ice. Oh, okay. So those three. Um, I, I worked on Lord of the Rings for, at first, and then I went to Disney. 
okay. And uh, what happened? The big was, mouse. The big <laughs> mouse, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what happened was I um, I went through the training program at Disney. Oh, okay. And so what happened was, um, with the way the training program was then, mm-hmm. was it was a uh, four week, four or five week pro- program. Mm-hmm. They bring you in, they train you for four or five weeks. You do a little short film. Mm-hmm. If they li- no. yeah, <laughs> pretty much yeah. Oh, no. if, they, if they like you, <laughs> it's actually pretty oh, accurate. Yeah, get yeah. out of here. Yeah, that door. Don't let it. Hit, don't let it hit you on the way out. Make sure it hits you on the way out. I know. Don't don't let it hit your ass on the way out. And it was like you know. Then if they liked your film, yeah. then you got another four or five weeks. Oh, okay. Wow. okay. And then if they like that, then you stay. Oh, okay. so what happened was no I, pressure. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> well, what happened was I did my first four weeks, mm. or five weeks, whatever it was, and finished it, and they seemed to like it. But then it was it was kind of in a little break in there, you know. We, mm. So, so then uh, I thought, okay, well, they, you know, they 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 liked that, and Ralph was getting ready to do um, American Pop. So I did a little bit of work on American Pop, mm. and they called me back to Disney to do my second. Bit so, and, wow, and Ralph was very cool about it. He says, "Oh yeah, go ahead, Robbie, you get good. Go ahead." You know? <laughs> he was very supportive too, and so I went back. I did my second second uh, four weeks, and then they liked it. And mm-hmm. Ralph was very cool, and he just let me go. He says, he, "He you know he patted me on the head and said, go ahead,' because <laughs> he knew I really wanted to learn animation, mm-hmm. and he yeah. knew that I'd learn it there. The way I worked on Fire and Ice was much later. I, I had been working on Fox, uh, Fox and Hound. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, somewhere in the middle, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and somewhere in the middle of that, um, I I got a call from Ralph, mm-hmm. uh, and he he said he says uh, he said Robbie guess who uh, guess who's in the office with me and I said I don't know who's in the office with you Frank Frazetta you know and I was like Frank Frazetta oh man wow. you know and they were doing Fire and Ice nice. of course yeah, yeah, yeah. so he says why don't you come over so I took a lunch break came over met Frank Frazetta oh, they man. were doing you know and I got to do a little work on Fire and Ice but it was all freelance. And uh, so I just did a little bit, you know, I didn't do very much. I think I keyed some drawings or something, not very much at all. I really did want to work on it (laughs) just because of what it was. Uh, But I was at Disney. So, yeah, so that's how I ended up working on those three films. Mm -hmm. And yeah, so then after, I mean, after, I guess, or while you're at Disney, like, what did you do at Disney? You mentioned Fox and the Hound. Like, what else uh, did you have your hands in uh let's see fox and the hound i worked on that i worked on mickey's christmas carol um i worked on the black cauldron i did work uh for epcot center we were doing wait what you... what is that you've never mentioned <laughs> that <before. laughs> what yeah uh we had this um chuck harvey and i were working on, on this um the imagination pavilion which i actually i've never even seen it uh, but there was this little character called Figment. It was a dragon, dragon, and he was like the uh, host, I guess, walk through mm-hmm. pavilion, whatever. So we had to do Santa animation, which I guess goes through the entire thing. Okay. And um, you know, of course, I didn't. I, I was an assistant, and you know, I did cleanups and in betweens. And Chuck, who's an amazing animator, he animated. I think he was the. In fact, I think he was the only animator on it, and I was like one of the assistants. Uh, but yeah, we, we worked on that whole thing. So if you go through it and you see this little dragon, it's like, that's, that's me and Chuck, you know, working furiously. (laughs) (laughs) On Fox and the Hound, I was, uh, an in-betweener and a cleanup artist. I did do some animation on the film. Mm -hmm. Uh, back in those days, uh, they didn't give you screen credit. 
you had to you had to do a hundred feet of animation, a hundred approved feet, by the way. <laughs> oh, hundred feet. Well, hundred feet, well, like a, a foot of animation is sixteen frames. Oh, like a foot of film, and that's okay. how we, you know, we would measure animation back in the day. Mm-hmm. So you had to do a hundred feet, which would have been what's that, sixteen hundred. Yeah, is that right? Yeah, sixteen hundred. Math. Drawings, <laughs> I guess. It had to be approved. And it had to be approved. You can't, you can't just do it. it yeah, it wasn't means. just like a hundred feet. Like, oh, I did a hundred feet. No, it's like a hundred feet that they're using. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So that and probably didn't happen too often. It, for some people almost didn't make it. I remember Mike Sedino one time. He had like ninety something feet, and you know he was just like, like <laughs> just a couple of feet away from oh. anybody. Even he made it. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember that. I was like, oh, he was just sweating buckets you know Mm -hmm. but um yeah that was back in the day because i guess the idea was they didn't want to put all these credits Mm because you know the early disney films if you look at them you notice that the credits are not very long you know you'll have um, like oh look at this one person yeah (laughs) Yeah, walt disney and they're all they're all at the front not not at the end Mm -hmm. yeah you know they would give the sequence directors credit Mm-hmm. Some of the key an- supervising animators, mm-hmm. um, and then of course the directors, those guys, maybe some music guys or a background painter, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And by the time they've done that, you know, the title music's played out, and all the rest of us, you know, <laughs> yeah. all the rest of the minions, you know, are left. All of the in betweeners, uh, that was before now. Like now, mm-hmm. they now give it's the, just like make sure, yeah, everyone, yeah, everybody yeah, better get their credit. credit. Like, like, geez, they like, give the food truck guys, you know, yeah, <laughs> credit. Like, I mean, you know? <laughs> it's just like yeah, there's so much work that's going into this yeah. film. Yeah, like, you, you need better, to you need to yeah. credit everybody that works on yeah. it. Yeah, and you know that was the thing that was so frustrating was that. I left Disney um, right just before they started giving everybody credit. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, I was like, oh, man. Because I'm Black Cauldron. Like, oh, Leonard's gone. All right, let's yeah. start giving credits. <laughs> and I don't even remember if they, I think they gave me, not, you know, I don't know if they gave me credit on Black Cauldron or not. They might have. I can't remember now. You did a really cool sequence in it, though. I did, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was interesting, but mm-hmm. but yeah, no, I mean, uh, so I was uh, I was uh, um, a breakdown assistant and a cleanup artist on uh, Fox and Hound, mm-hmm. and uh, that was great. I learned a lot on that, and then uh, I ended up, like I said, animating a few scenes on that one. I did uh, on then on Christmas Carol, Make Mickey's Christmas Carol. Um, I was primarily uh, an assistant on that, but I animated uh, several scenes on that. Actually, mm-hmm. that was that was really kind of why I, I think I started to kind of transition into being more of an animator. And then Black Cauldron said the same thing. You know, was I was still a breakdown assistant, still doing in between, still doing um, cleanup, but then occasionally animating something. You know, mm-hmm. um, so it was cool. It was mm-hmm. cool. I mean, I didn't mind so much because. I looked at it like this is the big house of animation yeah. and it's like I wanted to learn. I mean, I actually had an opportunity mm-hmm. when I first came in there to bypass all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was told that, well, you know, we'll, we'll hire, hire you as an assistant animator, mm-hmm. which meant that I would have jumped over the training period mm-hmm. that being a breakdown assistant or a breakdown in between. I would have just jumped over all of that right to assistant animator. And then that would have meant that I would have been closer to being an animator, I could have mm-hmm. just, you know, my next promotion would have been animation. Mm-hmm. But I said, no, nah, I don't want to, I don't want to jump anything. I, I want to go through the trenches. I want to do it. Like learn right. everything in yeah. full, like mm-hmm. take the time. Yeah, because I, I, I saw the value of it and I don't regret it one bit. 
it was definitely the right choice because I did learn a lot. And I, and I just worked with so many really talented people who are now the folks that are, you know, the big names now, you know, Glenn Keane, Randy Cartwright, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all of those guys, Andreas, all those guys, you know, were friends of mine or I still consider them to be friends now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tim Burton, yeah. all those guys, you know, we were all there at the same time. Yeah. And that was a great, great time to be there, you know, so I don't regret it one bit. Yeah. Most of the experience that you've spoken about has been uh, in the animation realm, but I know that you also have like directing and storyboarding under your belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, could you speak a little into that and how you sort of transitioned from doing just animation and in between to becoming more in like a super supervising role? Mm. Well, uh, another godsend, my friend um, Art Vitello had uh, created a show uh, called Tasmania. And um, he needed some directors, and he um, mentioned it to me, asked me if I was interested in being one. I said, oh, what an honor, you know. Mm-hmm. I'd never directed on anything before. <laughs> so I, I took that as a tremendous vote of confidence that he, he liked my animation enough to believe that I could be a director, mm-hmm. even though I had never done the job. Um, and, and so I, you know, I once again got dropped on my head on something <laughs> that, that I kind of didn't the, really. The way you need to learn is to just get your job. Super yeah. yeah, like all right, let's just, just throw go. In yeah, it's first, just, hopefully, uh, he it's, 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 it's too hard. It's scary and it's not scary. It's it's. Mm. I mean, it was a really good experience anyway, and and you know, and I mean, I I know I was protected. Uh, you know, art was. Art was really great at like kind of running interference for all the directors, you know, mm-hmm. um, and it, it was just a good experience, you know. I really enjoyed it, uh, and I I learned a lot, you know. It was just so much I didn't know, but at the same time, I, I had the great group of people to work with. Um, I brought in the knowledge that I did have, uh, you know. I realized that being an animator and being a storyteller inherently. I did have the chops to tell a story. I did have the chops to understand uh, script writing and all that, it, even at a rudimentary you know level, and that helped me a lot. And then I had folks around me who knew what they knew, so I just looked at it like I'm just going to absorb everything mm-hmm. and just you know use what I know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I you know I was you know told you know follow your in, in, follow your instincts you know. Um, you know what you'd like to see. You know how you'd make a film. I mean, I, I'd always seen myself as a filmmaker, as a storyteller anyway. Mm-hmm. And so evidently Art must have known that. He must have mm-hmm. seen that in me. Yeah. And so he wasn't just arbitrarily choosing me. You know, he, he and I, I felt like I've got to prove myself. So I, you know, I, I worked hard at that. And it was, it was great. It was good. But it was definitely tricky. The storyboarding part was good mm-hmm. to, to respond to that. Storyboarding was something, and I, that's probably also why Art picked me uh, to direct, because I had done storyboards prior to directing. And uh, I got my first shot at that on Muppet Babies, actually. Um, oh, you know, wow. yeah. Oh, wow. Okay, <laughs> That cool. was the first job I got as a storyboard artist, and once again, didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> oh, no. But I had some real good teachers, Jim, mm-hmm. um, uh, Jim Richardson and Carl Gears were two of the directors on the show. Uh, I had, you know, wonderful uh, other artists to look at, like Bob Klein and, and Todd Kurosawa, mm-hmm. who, uh, well, Todd right now, I think he's still at Disney, but just guys who were very talented, who I looked at their work and picked up a lot. And of course, there was plenty of books and films to watch. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, but I sensed that, you know, I knew I had a natural sense of like how to tell a story visually. So I just studied films. I started like looking at films, like what's going on, you know, Mm -hmm. how do these things cut? Why do they cut the way they do? And, Mm -hmm. you know, just started learning, you know, the hard way and asking people, bugging people, sitting in people's rooms longer than I'm sure they wanted me to, (laughs) (laughs) talking to people who knew how to do it, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and uh, then doing my own stuff, you know, and I had done a lot of my own storyboards. Uh, for my own projects and I would show them to people and so I think it kind of got around like oh you know he knows something about filmmaking you know so I'm sure Art must have seen that over the years and just had of like yeah I think he can do it and so I don't want to let him down yeah apparently I didn't you know a Peabody later I guess I I, I proved it I guess I knew something (laughs) um did you feel like you were alone being a black guy like did you feel like okay like did you rarely see any other like color folk like oh like I gotta like there's no one like, else oh, here hey. but me like do I have to prove, make sure I prove that I'm good to be here like is yeah. it like did you well, feel there, like that yeah, well there weren't many of us in the, yeah. in the, in the, well and there's more of us now yeah yeah, okay. um, yeah more um, now it's not a whole lot but more mm, yeah I mean I can't speak for anyone else mm-hmm. you know I yeah, mean I, I know most of feelings yeah I know most of the people, most of the other, you know, black people in the business and the people of color in the business. Um, but I'll say this, that uh, I didn't feel like I was being treated differently. I, mm-hmm. I will say mm-hmm. that. Uh, I felt the folks in the business were very kind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 90% of them, of course, are white. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, thought they were real nice mm-hmm. to us, to, to me anyway. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like they were, you know, being condescending or anything, you know. Right. Yeah. I mean, even Ralph in that little bit with the, you know. <laughs> I mean, Ralph, I consider him, he was, he, he just, he gave me my first shot. I will always love him for that, and mm-hmm. I appreciate him because a lot of folks aren't honest, and he's one of those guys that is absolutely who he is, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and I appreciate that. But, but you know, I mean, in general, I thought everybody was pretty cool, mm-hmm. you know. But I did kind of wonder why weren't that many of us, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, you where where, where are you? Yeah. Hello, anybody here? <laughs> I feel like it's like, can... right? like, oh, like you're just drawing. It's like, you know, I just kind of like noticed that. Yeah. Oh, well, not a lot of the color in the room fella. right now on this team. Hmm. You can count, you can right. count us all. <laughs> like... I think you can pretty much count us all on like two hands. You know? yeah. <laughs> but, you know, actually, you know, the funny thing is, is that there was a time uh, where we decided, mm. let's find out how many black people are in the business. Let's, yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know if I've told this story before, but it's a funny story. Mm-hmm. I, I was working at Warner Brothers at the time. I was directing. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably Animaniacs, but I'm not sure. Maybe maybe, maybe it was Tasmania. I don't know. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, Paulette. I forget Paulette's last name. Gosh. She's going to hate when she hears this. <laughs> anyway, she was uh, she was working, you know, we were all working at Warner's. Mm-hmm. And I think it was her idea, somebody's idea, and said, hey, let's find out how many black people, how many of us mm-hmm. <laughs> are there in this business. Yeah. So we decided, I don't know what we'll do, we'll go and we'll meet somewhere. So we decided to meet, of, of all places, at a soul food restaurant, right? <laughs> Makes Delicious. a lot of sense, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so... We decided to meet at Angelina's, which mm-hmm. at the time was on Sepulveda Boulevard, just up the street from where the studio was. The studio used to be, uh, Warner's used to be in the Sherman Oaks Galleria, believe it or not. Oh, wow. Yeah, years ago. And Whoa. it was, uh, that was before they had Jeez, the earthquake and every, well, actually even after, but we had a studio there. And wow. if you would go, um, I don't know what's where Angelina's used to be, is what's there now, but mm-hmm. the 
the studio was at the corner of, uh, let's see, that would be Ventura, Ventura and yeah. yeah. Anyway, it, it was just right across the street. There's a gas station there, and I think it's like, it's probably an Indian restaurant now. But anyway, Angelina's was there. Mm-hmm. And so we decided, let's have a lunch and, you know, find out how many people. Well, we had a lunch, and uh, the people started coming in, you know, and I think it ended up being something like 35 or... 36 or 38 people you know that we could get together i don't know if that was everybody yeah but you know out of like four thousand people (laughs) i thought well that's that's actually more than i thought yeah exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's a good amount of people people. and i'm sure there's a lot more now yeah but uh yeah i was like hey wow we were all real happy to see each other like yeah Yeah. all right like like a a breath of fresh air yeah Yeah, it was like a little tribe you know (laughs) (laughs) wakandans we were all sitting there you know toasting each other you know in our lemonade jars Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was it was a grand day but we i remember we were thinking like wow this is not too bad because most of us had never seen more than one or two people in place (laughs) you know so to see 30, 40 people almost, it was like, wow, that's not bad. That's good. We're we're growing. <laughs> so it was a nice feeling. That's cool. Yeah, but yeah, I, no, I never felt like I was treated treated mm-hmm. differently. Yeah. Cause it cause I think yeah, like I think there are more there's like there's a good chunk more, but I know that like um we were we've spoken before about how um as like young black artists that are in the industry trying to get in the industry like while we were in college and whatnot, we didn't necessarily know who was out there. Yeah. Like we would hear about you, Floyd you Norman f- or Bruce yeah. Smith, but <laughs> that was it. Or <laughs> you heard about Dwayne McDuffie and maybe Ron Husband. Like I didn't know <laughs> who Ron Husband was till maybe about a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. So it's like, uh, I can only imagine like back then, I guess when you're, while you were in college maybe like you also probably didn't know too many people but then when you actually got everybody together it was like oh hey (laughs) what's up (laughs) yeah yeah and even like i mean and at that time Mm -hmm. that was an eye opener Mm -hmm. at that time because i'd been in the business by the time we had that little reunion as it were Mm -hmm. get together whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. uh that was years in i mean that i Mm -hmm. was a director so that meant that i had probably been in the business right at that point maybe mm-hmm. i don't know 15 years maybe mm-hmm. so half a mile you know maybe a little bit more than that i don't know but still that's mm-hmm. you know so that meant that i went for a long time still only seeing three maybe four people at a time mm-hmm. and just having no concept of you know, and when i first moved out here oh man yeah i mean i think maybe when i went to work for ralph's i guess i'd met maybe one or two mm-hmm. and heard of another one <laughs> the whispers <laughs> yeah it was like floyd norman floyd norman was the name that was kind of all phil mendez that's the one okay mm-hmm. phil mendez now, was the guy yeah he came up a lot and because um, he worked at hanna-barbera mm-hmm. and he was known as a, not just a, a great artist but he was a concept artist he would like in, you know come up with shows and everything it was very prolific so him and then floyd norman was like out there, you know, he was like that guy floating. It was years before I even met Floyd. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, the name Floyd. Oh, you know. Yeah. It carried a lot of weight. And I thought, oh, wow. Because he car- it carried a lot of weight because he actually had worked with Disney when he was alive. And oh, Disney yeah. knew him personally. That was a big deal. Yeah. So, especially at the time when, you know, he probably was like the only 
black guy, maybe the only black guy in the whole place. I don't know. So <laughs> maybe not, maybe not, but still, you know, mm. that's a pretty landmark thing. Yeah. At that time, you know, and to be a story artist. Because he was another one who I studied because I knew he was a storyboard artist. And boy, I just thought, man, this is the guy to, to study his work. You know, he, he's worked on some great, great, great films. Mm-hmm. So I knew I could learn a lot from him, which I did. So, so as far as uh, being a, a director goes, I know that you've worked on kind of a very uh, prolific TV show that a lot of young black kids really like called The Proud Family. How did you go? How did you get involved working on that? Because that's really awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Yeah, well, that's Bruce Smith, of course, created the show. Uh, I was very fortunate again to and blessed to have an opportunity to work on the pilot episode of that show, which actually got it sold. Uh, Myself and Ray Nadeau, the two of us were the board artists on the pilot episode. Uh, which I believe Bruce wrote. And um, so as a result of the success of that, Mm -hmm. they, of course, said, oh, well, you guys are absolutely on the show. Please come work on the show. We were excited about it. Um, And so that was that. It was just, boom, I got to work on Proud Family straight away. And, uh, man, what fun. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) It was a blast. So I was on that show for three seasons. And, in fact, actually, the third season I got to direct on the show. So it was really fun. Bruce is someone who's just, he's a tremendous talent, mm-hmm. a great guy, fun to work with, and his, his, mm-hmm. his designs are so appealing. It's, it's great when you have uh, somebody who can design something that's appealing like that. It, mm-hmm. just, it makes your, your whole life and your job that much more fun and easy to do. Mm-hmm. So. Was it a big deal for you working on that show in the sense that it's like, oh, this is one of the first kind of like animated like black sitcoms for kids <laughs> on TV? Like maybe Fat Albert show, I guess you can count that. But yeah. I know like for me growing up, I didn't see anything else but Proud Family. So I was like, what? This is super cool. <laughs> yeah, no, Proud Family was quite br- groundbreaking when you think about it because mm-hmm. it's, it's really actually a multicultural show. Yeah. Yeah. About. And uh, I don't like know if had, I'd like, say like, it's the like, first one. But... You, had, like, you had like a Latino family, yeah. black family. Like it was just really good. <laughs> yeah, it was cross cultural. Uh, yeah, no, it was. You know, it's funny when you're working on something. I guess you don't think of that uh, how big it's going to be. Right. You know that it's not really necessarily in your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to do a good show, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, I think that's. I know that's what Bruce had in his mind. So let's you know, let's do let's do a good show. Mm-hmm. I know that was in my mind when I was mm-hmm. boarding this thing. Let's let's try to make this really good. I mean, I try to do that with everything I do, but definitely that show was like, yeah. And it wasn't until after we started seeing things come back and see it working and people liking it that we go, oh, well, I guess I guess it's okay. I guess we, you know, <laughs> I mean, we felt that we'd done a, you know a decent job on the thing, but. You don't really, I don't think you think of it as like, oh, this is going to be really great. We're going to make this stuff great. I mean, you just try to do a good job. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you, you hope that people like it. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it, it's like there's no guarantee. That's the funny thing about any kind of job like this is that you you can go in with a great lofty attitude about it and think, oh, this is going to be great. And, and people might not even see the darn thing. Yeah. You know? And uh, that's that's kind of um, a wake-up call for was for me that... You know, you can work on something and think it's going to be great, and then sometimes it just 
it maybe it's through no fault of its own. It's just maybe it comes out next to some even more popular right. film kind of or show and, and nobody pays like, any yeah. attention. So, yeah, but, you know, no, we were just, I think, we were, you know, I'm, I'm sure Bruce would tell you, hey, you know, he, I'm sure he felt great about it. We all felt great about it. <laughs> uh, and, you know, it was, and it was just nice knowing that people liked it enough to let us do another season of it. So I think when the season two came up, we were like, wow, great, you know. This, they like it. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> we get to do more. That's that's always wonderful. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Animation, of course, has like changed a lot throughout the years. But mm-hmm. what are some major shifts that you feel like you you've <laughs> noticed that are just like I don't know, like important to you? I guess. Yeah, because you because you've been in the game way longer than yeah, I'm sure years. most of our <laughs> listeners Amazing. have, yeah. or even like. Like, because I think a lot of our listeners are either people who are trying to get in or maybe who are just starting. But you've like seen it shift and turn, and yeah. like, what are yeah. like what are some big differences mm. from back then to like now? And like, how do you think that has will affect like people trying to get in now versus how it used to be? I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a very different atmosphere in animation right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you know, and I'm I'm being the, the cockeyed optimist that I am. <laughs> I always tend to try to look at the positive. I mean, I you've absolutely will, will tell you how I feel about it, but at the same time, I I like to think I'm going to be hopeful on the other other end of that. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got into the business, you know, the biggest technological advancement that they had at the time was the video uh, uh, playback camera. Uh, that allowed you to shoot your animation and, and see it immediately, mm-hmm. which I thought, and this was back in 1976 or seven, yeah, when I got it, came into the business. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, I thought that's the cat's meow, man. So, you know, we, we've died down <laughs> to heaven and I can see my animation right now. Because, yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know, the thing was, you, you know, you had to shoot it, you know, draw it right and shoot it on the film. Uh-huh. And you had to wait a week for the film development and get, you know, so, Whoa. oh, yeah, I mean, that was, wow. that was how I you did not, it, you know. I'd be like, <laughs> terrified every oh, time it's crazy like, you know? make sure you get it right yeah <laughs> i mean you had to wait like one, and one frame is off and she's like, oh it was nuts you know so to have something that would allow you to see your animation immediately mm-hmm. well, this is awesome right mm-hmm. and so today i mean gosh you guys really got it made you can not only you see your animation immediately you can paint it and put the backgrounds and put the sound on and everything mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, had I had something like that when I started, (laughs) I mean, what would I have done? I mean, I remember that the video camera was like a big thing. Ralph literally had to throw me out of the studio the first day because when I found out about that that video camera, I'm like doing all these little tests and shooting them. And, you know, everybody's going home and Robbie's like, Robbie, get out of here. Turn the lights off, you know, because I wanted, because I just thought, wow, to be able to just see it so quickly, you know, it was intoxicating. So that was great. So yeah, now you guys have got all this great stuff. You mm-hmm. can just, I mean, to make a film now, it's just a good... I had friends who were half friends who did films back in that day. Mm-hmm. Their personal stuff. Yeah. And it would take them forever. I mean, uh, Barry Temple, um, a friend of mine, mm-hmm. he was, he'd done a little animated film. I think it was maybe two, three minutes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and he, he, he did the animation, he cleaned it up, he, he Xeroxed the drawings, and yeah. painted the cells, and paint, just all the stuff. I think it took him maybe a year or two or something like mm-hmm. that. Uh-huh. Then I had another friend who did a little film, it was to a piece of music by John Denver. Mm-hmm. Beautiful thing. And it had camera movies, because he was big on the camera moves, you know. Mm-hmm. And he ended up working for Blue. It was a really good, really beautiful thing. 
and um took him like five years to make this thing oh, and it was like i don't know two three minutes you know yeah and everybody Jeez. anybody that did a film you know it just took a long time uh, bob mm-hmm. mcknight you know uh, did a little one minute thing i think it took him six months or a year to do you know mm-hmm. and then he's a pretty fast animator and then i did a film called facades which uh, i thought was going to take me six months to do i purposely did it only uh, on paper, thinking, oh, this will be quick, right? You know, mm-hmm. I'll get it done in six months. That took me four years. Oh, man. <laughs> but it was a seven-minute film. So, oh, okay. so you know, I feel a little better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, most of us, you know, like I didn't, my film had a little color segment, but most of the people who had things with cells, I mean, it was just all that work you'd had to do. And now, uh-huh. you know, golly, you, you know, you get Toon Boom or, you know, whatever, you know, and you make the film you can paint it and do all that yeah, you can boom, tv paint tv like paint yeah flash. yeah flash and <laughs> you can make a film <laughs> in a couple of days <laughs> you know you can make a film in a month or two you know i mean mm-hmm. look at the folks on youtube some of those people yeah. are knocking these things out in you know 30 days or whatever in full-blown two three four minute animations yeah. i mean so it's a very different scenario uh and that's good yeah um now, to address what you were asking about, you know, getting into the business and the difference there. Back in the day, it was a very different situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you come into a studio, you could actually get an interview with the director. You could actually talk directly to the person who was you would be working under, mm-hmm. uh, either the director or the production manager. You brought in your, your, your portfolio book and you showed them samples of your work. Mm-hmm. And you'd be hired based on your talent, how good of an artist you are. In most cases, um, they would give you a shot if they saw you had any potential as an artist. So either you might not have, say, even a great portfolio, mm-hmm. but if you showed some potential, they, they might give you a chance. Mm-hmm. And um, the beauty of that was that once you had your first opportunity, it was like word on the street. Mm-hmm. People, oh, they know you now. And they might actually just call you. In fact, you might even get a job before you leave your last one. Mm-hmm. Just because people knew, oh, that person's pretty good. And it was a recommendation thing, you see. Mm-hmm. People would, you know, you, you, so it was important to do a good job mm-hmm. because, you know, people would talk about your stuff. And so it was just very different. I mean, I could get jobs and, you know, sometimes the phone would ring. I wouldn't even have to ask somebody like, hey, yo, what's, what's going on, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, you did have to rustle the bushes a little bit and, you know, you had to be conscientious, but it wasn't that hard. It wasn't like it is now. Mm-hmm. Um, the recruitment thing that ha- that exists now did not exist. I mean, it, I guess maybe companies like Disney might have had a recruitment department, mm-hmm. but you still showed a portfolio. Yeah. You know? This was the days before having your own website and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Um, now, as I'm sure all of you know, <laughs> uh, you know, they have recruitment departments, they have you take tests and all this kind of stuff. Um, and I don't know, I feel that it, it, it's kind of a roadblock for people. There, there isn't a lot of a connectivity between the really creative people and getting hired and, and the folks who want to come into the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, being a teacher, um, I see a lot of my students having struggle with this problem of trying to get a job someplace. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel that the schools, and this is something that I have in the past done, need to make a connection between school and, and work. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the past, I did that in some of the schools I taught at. I would actually 
have uh, professionals come out to the school. So they had him out, the students had an opportunity to actually talk to somebody who worked at Disney or Warner Brothers or whatever. And that can make a big impact on whether or not you have an opportunity to get work, especially if you're mm-hmm. just a one-on-one type of thing. Yeah. Um, so, or I would even say, hey, we have people who are uh, prospective uh, employees. I think they could they could be good. I would recommend people, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, I I would try to talk to them. But I talk to my students about interviews. I mean, you need an interview, you know. We try to get you set up, and I said it's still going to be up to you. you yeah. know, right. You got to make right. a good impression. But I think we can get you in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, just that so, first step to like that, because yeah. because that's even like really hard to get. Just like getting in to like have the interview or to like know what to do and how to prepare yourself. And right. I know that for me, like coming out of college, I felt that I wasn't fully ready. <laughs> like I didn't know the things that I do now that I felt I should have known back then. Right, right. It's hard. It's tricky. I, I assume the idea of the testing and all this is to level the playing field, but I, I think it creates a, a hostile environment for artists. It's not yeah. a, a hostile hostile in the sense that there's no respect for the people who have skill who've been doing it for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, when you test people, uh, it's uh, you know I, I don't know why you need to test somebody when they have a website when they have a portfolio yeah like um, they're showing that they can like, they show they have yeah. they can do mm-hmm. work they have the work right there on their there website like what's you know like, or they test? have a lot of experience you know mm-hmm. they still want to test you and I, mm-hmm. I see that as kind of disrespectful really mm. um there's kind of like pros and cons to it yeah, yeah. i mean you don't want to as a as an artist you don't want to be uh, have a, a bad attitude, you know, you figure like, okay, well, a gig's a gig, you want to try to do, you know, you want to work with them. Uh-huh. But at the same time, uh, it's it's a lack of respect for what people have accomplished. Mm-hmm. And it is important, you know. But, you know, for the young folks coming in, I don't know, the testing thing is fine, but I do not think it's really the best way to go. Um, I've seen a lot of inconsistency in the way it's done. Uh-huh. Um, I personally think the People should just still do their do their websites, do their work, show what they can do, mm-hmm. and I really think strong. I feel strongly that they should just be given a chance. Um, you know, if they can't, if they're having a problem, okay, fine. You know, you talk to them, but you're gonna have to understand that. I don't know anybody in this business when I was coming up that didn't need to be given a chance. Mm-hmm. And some of the best people in this business right now got that way because somebody believed in them. I, and when I, I teach storyboard classes, I teach animation classes. Mm-hmm. And part of what I have in all of my classes are samples mm-hmm. that I want my students to work on mm-hmm. that could be possible things they can put on their in their website. Mm-hmm. I very specifically have that as a part of my curriculum because I want them to have something more than just the knowledge that I've given them. I want them to have something to show. Mm-hmm. So they can, you know, click on the website and, oh, yeah, we got samples already. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's the way, that's the best way. When I was a director on Animaniacs, I would talk to my production guy. He'd bring in some portfolios, you know, and I'd look through a few or look through as many as I could mm-hmm. and pick a few out, bring those people in and interview them, you know, on yeah. the spot. Cause, you know, because if I could see the work, like, oh, this person obviously could do the yeah, job. Right. Let mm-hmm. me see what like kind what of a person. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You know. Yeah. That's and, kind of, yeah, like, and that's, that's how like, I do it. You yeah, know? that's kind of like how um, the job that I'm working at now, like, I didn't have to do a test at all. It's like, wait, wh- where, what? Like, <laughs> and it was kind of just like, oh, okay, you can obviously do it. Like, look yeah. at the portfolio and, yeah. like, had an interview. And then, like, okay, I was hired. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, but if you're looking at somebody face-to-face, 
Mm-hmm. And you and you get a good five from them, and you and you're an artist yourself, so you can actually make a an intelligent decision about whether they can do the job or not. Whole different scenario. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, who's really going to benefit the studio, right? Mm-hmm. And maybe the person that you passed up on might have been just the person you needed, but you didn't you didn't give him a shot. Or or maybe you got a new kid in, and that person that guy's ready to go. He's hungry, man. Yeah. And he he could have hit the ground running. That could have been just what you needed that guy might have been the next milk call right and you passed on him you know i understand studios need to have a way to sift through people but i i really feel it's very important that you give people a shot i said there's a lot of very talented new people uh in the business who you know may not be getting those opportunities and and there are also a lot of people who already have skill that should be you know given a shot we we talked a lot about the business side of (laughs) things um but uh, let's talk a little bit about the art side is there like stories that you're interested in seeing Mm. in animation be told nowadays oh yeah yeah yeah. like gosh um man like what kind of things do you wish you had seen that Mm -hmm. you're or that you that you're not seeing right now, I guess, in mm-hmm. terms of like wow. creative things. Mm-hmm. I'm just surprised that there. It's changed, thankfully, over mm-hmm. the years, thankfully. Um, but for a long time there, I just felt like there was uh, just one or two certain types of stories that were getting told mm-hmm. in animated feature films, and primarily the the fairy tale story, mm-hmm. um, which I like. Everybody likes that, or they pick. A legendary story of some sort which mm-hmm. is cool uh, all of that's grand but I don't know I just thought there was a lot more stuff there's a lot more content yeah. I said like, who's reading books anymore you know mm-hmm. um, and they just made a wrinkle in time which I, I was a book that actually I had mentioned to somebody at Disney many many years back I said Does anybody can Consider this book, uh, mm-hmm. Madeline Wingle's. Yeah, and uh, I think they novel. did. Uh, they did it before. In I saw that when I was. There was like, the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was a long time ago. They mm-hmm. made that feature. Yeah. Um, I mean, this isn't animated, but it was they, live action. It was live mm-hmm. action. I remember seeing that when I was in sixth grade. And we were reading the book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. There's been a lot. I mean, all of the C.S. Lewis stuff, and I mean, I knew eventually they were going to do it. You know, the Chronicles of Narnia and all that stuff, mm-hmm. which did get done. And I think it got done very nicely, mm-hmm. um, but apparently Disney had the had had the rights to a lot of the stuff already. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he had the rights to Chronicles of Narnia. He had the rights to Lord of the Rings. Oh wow! Uh, he didn't do anything with it, mm-hmm. uh, you know. For for you know, and then I think that's how Ralph got it. He's yeah, I was about to say bought the yeah, option okay. a while yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's how he got it. Ralph Bakshi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he yeah, because I remember him okay. telling me that he got he bought it uh, an yeah. option or something from Disney. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of fantasy books. There's a lot of stuff that's just never been done. Uh, the Christian market, I think, is pretty wide open. There's a mm-hmm. lot of opportunity there. Uh, while there have been things that have been done, and, and thankfully a lot, some really good ones. Prince um, of Egypt. The Prince of Egypt, that was wonderful. Oh, my man. gosh. Yeah. So wow. long overdue. I was so happy to see that made as an animated I think that film. is, to this day, still, like the most accurate, I think, depiction of the story of Moses mm-hmm. to a degree. Like, I know the Ten Commandments, again, like, that's not animated, it's live action. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Ten Commandments was good, but, I mean, it's not brown people. 
people. It's not <laughs> <laughs> Egyptian people. It's right? not Egyptians. It's yeah. white people. <laughs> well, it's good. It's Cecil, Cecil B was a good director. Yeah. I, I mean, it's I mean, a good. I, it was a good movie. I watched yeah. it a lot with my grandma on Thanksgiving. I don't know why that's a Thanksgiving movie for some reason. <laughs> Wait, was, was it Ten Commandments? Yeah, Ten Commandments. Oh, okay. We watched, we watched it on I Thanksgiving, guess. and it was on uh, ABC Seven like every year, and we would just watch it. That's really what. I think that Prince of Egypt is a better depiction of that than Ten Commandments. Yeah, I personally think so. Yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. Oh my goodness, what a beautiful film. I would have loved to have been able to get out of my contract and Warner Brothers to work on that. <laughs> what were you doing at Warner that kept you from... I was directing. Oh, I was okay. Direct, yeah, I was directing on, uh, on Animaniacs. Mm, okay, and yeah. Uh, yeah, Sandy Rabin's, uh, you know, they were, they were headhunting. <laughs> oh. And um, there's a lot of folks that just kind of came. They brought them in to take a look, you know. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a beautiful project, you know. Yeah. I just, well, I would have loved to have worked on it. But the last thing I wanted to do. Right yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, I didn't want to cut my ties with, with Warner Brothers, you know. Mm-hmm. It was, mm-hmm. They'd been good to me. And I've never been the kind of person to just kind of walk off of a production. Mm-hmm. Uh, not that they were asking me to. I, I, it was really more like, hey, you know, take a look at what we're doing. Because they were getting started. You know, that was the beginning of DreamWorks. Mm-hmm. And of course, it was just wonderful. I mean, seeing the artwork that they were doing was just yeah. awesome. So, you know, who wouldn't want to work on that? Yeah, you know, you'd, you'd mm-hmm. be an idiot not to want to work on it. So, did you yeah. ever feel like uh, uh, you, you had a preference for like working on TV or working in film? Like, did mm-hmm. you ever feel that? Yeah, because you've all? had your hands in both. Yeah, yeah. So. Hmm. Well, I don't know. TV is great because you you get stuff done. <laughs> you know, it's like you you know, the, the is there six a, to eight weeks from now, yeah. you you know, the show's done. A you know? because, like, oh, that's that's yeah, actually yeah, finished. <laughs> you know, whereas with a film, you know, you're on it for you know eighteen months. You know, mm-hmm. and I guess that's sometimes something, longer. That's mm-hmm. something that a lot of uh, uh, people coming into the industry don't necessarily know right away that there is like a huge difference between feature and tv and like what's something that you would want to tell uh an artist or a production person trying to get in like what should they prepare for i guess if they're trying to look at tv versus feature since you have done both uh well the disciplines for for each one are different i think you know when you work on a a feature you've got way more time to do everything um you know on, on an animated feature uh, you might have to turn out. I mean, I remember at Disney, I think that the requirement was something like eight to ten feet a week or something like that. Uh, though uh, you didn't absolutely have to make that. Uh, that was the idea to shoot for that kind of footage. People would do stuff that they might do two or three feet or something like that. Uh-huh. But, you know, we're talking about really nice animation now, you know. Uh-huh. Um, and it doesn't mean you couldn't do more than that. You could. Um, you know, everything just took longer. Um, to do and whereas on a TV show you know you've got a pretty tight schedule you know they hand you a script and you know you gotta yeah. dive in there and we gotta get the, the sound recorded you know we, we gotta just start you know planning out the storyboards and the character yeah. designs and all that you know and and, and, and then four or five weeks from now the storyboards are done right yeah mm-hmm. oh yeah and we're slugging it while that's going on and you know we're gonna ship the thing it's gonna go overseas and be animated uh, you know, it's it's a crazy thing, and then there's another one you see right behind it, right? Yeah. <laughs> so sometimes it was not even right behind it; it's in the middle. You know, you yeah. get halfway into one show, and then you gotta get the next one started. Oh my 
and so he is it's manic, you know. Mm-hmm. But but I think you become a problem solver because you know it's right. like oh well we gotta how are we gonna get this done, mm-hmm. and um, you know it's so it's yeah it's really um, it's different. But I guess um, I don't know. I think artists coming on these shows, the important thing, of course, is to develop a work ethic of you know what do you need to do to get the work done you know it's you know you don't have people telling you when you start mm-hmm. what you're going to have to do you know right. like i said i was dropped on my head in many <laughs> cases and it's like oh sink or swim you know uh-huh. um i'm sure it's probably kind of still like that today yeah. <laughs> people walk in and like okay we um can you sh- can we talk to you like on friday do you have something to show yeah. oh, but it's wednesday yeah, yeah. <laughs> you should oh. have something on friday like, or whatever like, what? yeah, yeah tv is like that it's a yeah. much more like oh well, yeah we'll come around tomorrow and take a look what you know it's just, mm-hmm. what you know wait it's wait like, a minute okay yeah we'll just give you the script like you can have like something to show in the next couple of days, right? Like, right. Oh, wait, hold on. It's pretty crazy. Whereas, like, with a feature, they, you know, they might not see you for a month. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, well, you know, so you were, and then you might come in and you, you just barely gotten started. You know? mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, that's just two completely different animals. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got, I remember um, I was working on the uh, Tigger movie, mm-hmm. which at the time we didn't, it, they now have um, a DTS Disney Toon Studios, which at the time didn't exist. They were wanting to develop what they called their movie division of TV, basically. Right, TV movie. And we had a few productions going. The Tigger movie was one of them. Uh, Return to Neverland was another one that they had done. And I remember someone said that they had made the transition from features uh, to TV, and just thought like, how do you guys? They, they were shocked at how fast we had to turn stuff around mm-hmm. because you know they would work on a storyboard and might have a little one minute sequence and six months later you know they have it put up on reels you know mm-hmm. like, what you know six months wow mm-hmm. you know for us that'd be two weeks you know yeah. <laughs> maybe three or four days a minute oh a minute yeah we'd get that done uh, a couple of days you <laughs> yeah. know so they people who made the transition from tv from features to tv mm-hmm really found it very difficult to mm-hmm. make that to, 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 to do it yeah. whereas people who went from TV to features yeah. everybody said they were too fast over there wow is he, he did this like, slow down <laughs> yeah because that's what you're used to mm-hmm. so I guess um, uh, it's work ethic uh, I think anybody coming in should take the position that um, it's, an, it's, a, it's an opportunity yeah. you know somebody's giving you a shot uh, do your best work don't be a slouch. Don't be lazy. You know, I, mm-hmm. if I was going to give anybody any advice, just do your very best. You know, do and you have an ethic for yourself, a, a level of quality that you consider to be. This is what I'm going to turn in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important because people will constantly attack that. Mm-hmm. They'll want you to do something this way, and it, I'm not saying you don't do what you're told. You should do what you're told, mm-hmm. but do the very best you can do it. Do do it really good. You know. Um, and if it's, you know, it's going to take you longer, well then take the time, right. you know, if that means you've got to work later or, or whatever, put in some extra hours or not get paid for it, you know, it's a reflection. What you do is a reflection of who you are mm-hmm. and, you know, and I, I don't, I, but, but, you know, sometimes you, you do have to re get your brain in a new place mm-hmm. and I have had to do that a few times because I'm kind of a perfectionist that way. I like doing a certain level of quality. Mm-hmm. It's not always necessary. I've literally had people say, well, you don't have to draw that so clean or whatever. And 
all right, you know, I know what they're saying, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I've had to learn, you know, that, you know, okay, you don't, you don't need to shade that or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but I care about the quality. I, it's, right. it's, I, care about, I care about the reflection of me. I care about what I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. I want to make it look as good as I possibly can make it. And I want to get it to them as quickly as I can. Yeah. <laughs> so it's those two things, good <laughs> and fast. <laughs> So, yeah. And what are you currently working on now? Like, do you have any personal work? And like, what? Because are you doing mostly animation now, or are you doing mostly storyboarding and your mm. like day to day work? And, like, um, what is your day to day kind of like where you are working? Um, well, right now I'm freelancing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm working for a couple of companies right now. I'm doing some work for a company in Ireland called Brown Bag. I'm doing some oh, cool. some storyboards for them on um, Bing. A show called Bing. Very cute mm. preschooler show. Seems like a Work on a lot of preschoolers, <laughs> uh, so I'm doing that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do I always do a lot of freelance, but as far as my own stuff, I have I always have a bunch of things going. I had I have this one project I've been kicking around for forever. I got to finish the darn thing, and it's a, a TV series I want to pitch called Code Nine. It's like a spy thriller kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've ever seen The Long Kiss Goodnight. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've That's ever seen that movie movies. or not. I haven't it's seen it. Heard a, the name. I know, yeah, I know the name. Wait, is that a Bond film? No. no We're babies. A, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a film about a woman who's a spy and she goes underground and she basically has forgotten that she's a spy. Mm. And uh, yeah. That reminds me of the Liam Neeson movie I saw where Liam Neeson was a spy but he didn't remember that he was a spy. Yeah. <laughs> Well, like they, like they, wiped, they wiped his memory. Yeah, great That's movie. It's really, it's a great movie. Wait, what was it called? Long. It's Kiss? called The Long Kiss Goodnight. Okay. And um, in the movie, uh, a hit is put out on this woman. Mm. They're gonna kill her. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the whole beginning of the movie is her doing all this amazing stuff that you think like, how could she do that? Mm. She'd forgotten she was a spy. Yeah. <laughs> she went under. She went, you know. Bring I don't know, had herself bring. I don't know how she did that. Yeah. But the movie starts there, and these uh-huh. guys are trying to get her, you know. And she's like this real badass spy, but she didn't know that, you know. Mm-hmm. So the whole opening of the movie of them trying to kill her, she's just like taking out these guys. So mm-hmm. I thought, wow, this is kind of cool. So I, I came up with kind of a similar idea of a woman who wants to live a normal life. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is that she, uh, similar thing, she wants to, she's a spy. But they won't leave her alone, so she she basically writes a pro, uh, mission for herself called Code Nine mm-hmm. that she's using to you know to take out these people. They won't leave her alone. I mean, that's the basic premise. There's yeah. a lot more going okay. on there than mm-hmm. that, but it, it's it's fun. You know, so I'm doing that. I got a few other little things. I mean, I have a couple of feature projects that I'm kicking around. I do a lot of development on things of my own. Uh, I would love to do some Christian projects. I have a few of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that I've also been doing and doing boards on and designs and that type of stuff. So over the years, I got like a bunch of things. Mm. I don't like pitching so much, but mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have things that because now you can just do your own thing. You can animate yeah. it. And now I'm trying to see how much I can do on my own. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and you're also mentoring. <laughs> <laughs> you also do like mentorships for people. Can you speak a little more into yeah. that as well? Uh, I as a teacher, I, I became a teacher. This has now been golly, twenty or maybe it's thirty. I don't know. Um, yeah, gosh, I've been teaching a long time. Um, I first started teaching many many moons back when I was at Disney, and um, I 
first classes I taught were animation classes. Um, I was bitten by the teaching bug back then um, and realized it was a very honorable profession and very difficult mm -hmm. profession. And I realized that, uh, it, you know, that I had the wrong attitude about it. I really needed to really apply myself and, you know, figure out, you know, in order to be a teacher, you it makes you have to become a better student, really. I mean, mm -hmm. I feel like I was a good student anyway, but it made me just that much more tenacious about learning because I figured in order to convey information, you got to know it, what right. you're talking about. You know? right. And you also have to be able to convey it in a way that people can remember it and use it. You know, it's no good to them. You, you can tell, you can hand somebody a pamphlet with information and go do something else, but that's not teaching. I think teaching is when you actually engage with the people and get them excited about what you're giving them and then make it easy for them to remember it mm -hmm. and to really get them involved. Um, but the um, mentoring came as a result of that I realized that as I was teaching that the, the thing that, that was the drop-off was was sharp for me in that students, you'd have some students that would do really well and just get the stuff really quickly. And then you'd have other students that were really struggling, you know. And I thought, hmm, how can I fix that one? So I thought, well, I, I guess one-on-one, -on -one, you know. And I got my opportunity with this young kid who um, um, lived across the street from me. And uh, his parents wanted him to take some art classes. Mm. And so they knew I was an artist. And, and uh, he's a black kid, by the way. Mm. And uh, so they had him come and, I, and you know, talk to me. And I said, great, great, you know. And um, I decided, you know, if I got an idea. So I said, look, um, I, let me have him for a year. <laughs> uh, let me have him for a year because <laughs> mm -hmm. what I want to do is I want to do a one-on-one. -on -one. I want to just sit with this kid and, number one, find out how, what he likes. Mm -hmm. I like to draw, what he's, look at his books, all that. Just get to know him, have him get to know me, right. and just have him go through the whole process that I went through as an artist. I, I'm going to teach him as much as I knew. And uh, that's what I did. Mm. And in a year, this kid went from having just kind of a really kind of rudimentary skills to actually drawing well. Mm. I mean, huge change. And that's what got me started into this whole mentoring program. Because I realized if I can sit with somebody for 45 weeks, there's going to be improvement. Mm. It's unavoidable. And so far now, I've done it several times. Mm. And all my students have made progress. Some quicker than others, but it's it's. I see it as like this is a great thing. I can't do a lot of it because every you know obviously there's only so many <laughs> days in the year, right. you know? right. and when, especially when you go that long. Mm -hmm. But it does seem to work really well. You know, I haven't done it as like a um, let me say like a day to day. I mean, I think the hard the the most intense thing I could do, and I don't know if I ever do this, <laughs> would be like a, a two month mm -hmm. back to back. Oh, wow. Which would be like, uh, what is that? That'd be 60 days, wouldn't it? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we're every single day, you know, maybe wow. except, <laughs> except Sunday, you know, yeah. got to go to church on Sunday, mm -hmm. but, <laughs> but every single day, now that would be so intense mm -hmm. that by the time you got to the end of that second month, boom, you're just going to be wow, super yeah. person, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, because that, because that's how that works. Your drawing yeah. arm is just like super buffed out. <laughs> Oh yeah. man, that's amazing. That's awesome. So, yeah, I think, and I mean, it's a, it's a good way to go, and um, you know, uh, it, it works. Mm. So that was that's the thing is that I, I was I'm very concerned about my students 
leaving with something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find there's way too much um, kids just kind of going through a program eight weeks, five weeks, six yeah. weeks, spending a lot of money, uh, not getting what they want. Right. That bothers me. I'm a teacher. I, I you know, mm-hmm. it's a reflection on us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why are we not giving them something they can actually use? Yeah. Uh, so that that's how I did that. So if uh, listeners like interested in like a mentorship with you, like how would they go about? Oh uh, well, you could email me, uh, Leonard Robinson at yahoo.com mm. and uh you know just ask me i'd be happy to tell you when i have an opportunity mm-hmm. um you know I, I have to open it up on certain days right now i'm just doing weekends but um you know i'm starting to think i'm gonna have to start opening up <laughs> weeknights or whatever mm-hmm. my wife will let me do it at night you know with the <laughs> drag people in here because <laughs> so, you also teach at a, at a university as I well do, yeah. so that's probably a lot to juggle like yeah. the it private is. mentorships that you have the oh, university teaching that you do <laughs> as well as your own actual freelance storyboarding animation or working in-house during freelance <laughs> so storyboarding so you've got a lot man. going on I got, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. a bad habit of trying Gee to do whiz. too many things <laughs> you know what I really need to do and I haven't been able to do this yet is actually get a play place where I can teach because I do it here in my home studio which is where we are now mm-hmm. um, but um, you know what I really probably need is a, or probably do need is an actual place school like how Steven Silver has like his own like exactly. spot mm. just like that yeah I need something like that because then I could do it and it would be easier and I could have more class plus I could have more people because mm-hmm. uh, the biggest complaint that I get is that people want to take a class, but you know I, I don't I just don't have the time or right, you know yeah. whatever, it just doesn't work. So if I could have a, a class and I could have eight, ten, fifteen people, you know, then I can get a bunch of people in here. I have I did uh, I teach at Otis College, of course, Otis College of Art and Design, mm-hmm. and um, I took a class in um, doing online classes. So I am going to start doing that oh, wow. at okay. some point because I do have folks who want to take classes with me, but that are, you know, couldn't come here mm-hmm. or maybe they're in another country or something. So obviously the online class would be the easiest thing to do. Yeah. So I'm going to do that too, you know, but ultimately I'll probably end up getting a place, mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, we'll I am a fan of analog <laughs> learning <laughs> myself. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that's something really cool to look forward to. Um, I think we're kind of wrapping up here. Yeah. Okay. We're about to approach the end. So, yeah. um, Leonard, do you have any kind of last-minute words of advice for uh, any young creatives that are trying to get into the industry, whether it's for animation or storyboarding, since that's your expertise? <laughs> well, don't give up. Stay with it. Um, have your own ideas. Um, be excited. This is a good time. You know, despite the, the, the problems that you might be having getting work, don't quit. Don't give up, you know. And to be honest, really, really use what's in front of you, you know. Don't just wait to get a job to start doing this stuff. You know, get yourself a cheap program, animation program. Get yourself a tablet to draw on, something that you can afford. Make your own films. Put them on YouTube. Do, do something. Um, nobody has... Um, a monopoly of content right. <laughs> you know there are folks out there that are you know arduously looking for content mm-hmm. and they'll go to YouTube they'll come to you if you've got something that's good they'll come look for you mm-hmm. so just make your own stuff even if you make little short 
10 second things just make something mm -hmm. it's important to be excited about what you're doing you have an opportunity now that we didn't have when we started in this business make the best use of it you know mm -hmm. the work will be there you know mm -hmm. guys like me some of us are trying to start studios again uh and the more of us that do that the more opportunities for jobs will be i mean i know for a fact that that's something that i'm working towards myself and i would hire as many young new people as i could uh if for no other reason mm -hmm. to, to just do it because it ought to be done because it really should be you know but yeah just just stay with it stay enthusiastic stay young mm -hmm. uh, you know and don't don't quit you yeah. know and be happy life is good <laughs> so good such good advice and um do you have any uh work that you would like to like share or um any yeah where presents? can our where can our listeners find you like you mentioned your email but like as far as like a website or instagram or something like oh. that mm -hmm. uh let's see i have a wix site um, it's lenoridrobinson.wixsite.com uh, backslash uh, storyboards, I believe, backslash animation. Oh, I'm sorry. No, it's not backslash Robinson's animation. So it's lenoridrobinson.wixsite.com backslash Robinson's animation. And we'll post links too so you guys can. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have another one that uh, just says Robinson Animation. So www.robinsonanimation.com. All right. So those are my two main websites. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, this, you can find me. I have a YouTube channel too. I don't. I don't remember what the title. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that in there. I got, got one in there too, Fantastic. and a Patreon page, which is I haven't really gotten anything going on yet, but it's there. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you. Very yeah, thank much. you so Thanks much. For yeah. It was a pleasure having you on. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. How about that for a veteran's point of view? Lenard shared a great deal with us, and we hope you learned about the changes in the industry from the old days to now, and the importance of mentorship and honing your skills. As always, you can keep up with us by following our Twitter and Instagram at Black and Animated. And be sure to listen for more episodes on blackandanimated.podbean.com and on iTunes. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are of the respective individuals and do not reflect the views of our employers. See you later, peeps. Later days, guys. Bye, y'all.